1: Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines. Coming at you on Wednesday, January 26, 2022. Today, we are continuing our trek of Oscar-worthy movies. And we are reviewing CODA, the Apple TV Plus original film. Um, it is a story, a child of death adults. That is what CODA stands for, C-O-D-A. Um, we didn't know much about this movie. Uh, we literally picked to record it like last week, maybe two weeks ago. And without giving too much away... Um, fantastic film. If you haven't seen it, pause the pod, go watch it, go get Apple TV plus, ask me for the password. If you know me personally and come back to this, because uh, <laughs> this is a film I'm going to say it. You don't want to miss this year.
2: No, I, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense why it's on every best picture list. Uh, I, I will, like you said, without giving anything away, it makes sense.
1: Yeah. Um, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, 93% audience score. So we're going to touch on that. Give our patent pending movie ranking scale. We're going to talk about, you know, where it's going to potentially stand in the Best Picture nominees. And then since we have nothing else, no Moon Knight trailer, no other uh, comic book talk for us, Peacemaker, not enough to talk about, we are going to nope. do a list, a ranking. We're going to rank the top five sounds. So, you know, sounds we love to hear, sounds that are satisfying. We're going to go in order drafting these sounds. And, um, you know, we'll let the listeners decide whose is better. Spoiler alert, it's going to be me because I have a fire list, Tyler.
2: hmm yeah, I'm, I'm very confident in mine as well. You threw this on me earlier today, and I've just been thinking about it all day. And I can't wait to talk about the many things I'm um I'm grateful I can hear. Sixty percent of the time it works every time.
1: What? We just become best friends. Yup I don't feel so
2: good. I'm not fucking leaving. show Ruby is the only hearing member of a deaf family from Gloucester, Massachusetts. At 17, she works mornings before school to help her parents and brother keep their fishing business afloat. But in joining her high school's choir club, Ruby finds herself drawn to both her duet partner and her Latin passion for singing.
1: What was the, wait, what's the city name?
2: Gloucester. <laughs> I think it's just Glow, Gloster? Glow, Gloucester
1: How do you spell it? G L O U C E S T E R. Gloucester. Gloster. Like Gloucester. Worcester, wor- wor- I don't know. Gloucester. If we have any yeah, listeners from Yeah, one Gloster, of those I weird apologize.
2: It's one of those weird northeastern words.
1: <laughs> um yeah, man, it, it, this is a film, you know, I don't know if it actually had a theater release. Um, it had to have if it's getting some Oscar buzz. I'm sure it was one of those very limited where it made like ten thousand dollars if it did have a theater release. Um, but it's a streaming. Oh, jokes movie. on you. One
2: point one mil.
1: Oh, I apologize to the the good the good people over at the Coda, um, especially their marketing team. Uh, ten million dollar budget, one point one million box office. I'm sure um, Apple more than reimbursed reimbursed their ten million. Um, and it's it's a front runner for best picture. Obviously, we don't know the nominees yet. Um, but you know, we've had some, you know, lists that have talked about, you know, what movies are going to be nominated. And this has been on most of them. I mean, I'm over here on variety right now, and this is the number three movie on the list. The power of the dog, uh, Netflix that came out on Netflix. We reviewed that earlier. That's number two Belfast, which is still in theater. So we're still dragging our feet with that one, hoping that <laughs> it comes out for streaming for cheaper than $20 by our, uh, open time slot on March 2nd. But by then I think the Oscars might happen. So we might be a little behind there. um, but it's right up there, you know, uh, King Richard IV, they have Dune V, I, I doubt Dune's going to get it, Licorice Pizza is a movie everyone's talking about right now, I, it's just Tick Tick Boom number 10, it's up there and I can see why, Ty.
2: Oh, 100%, um, this movie has already won, I think it's like multiple Sundance awards, I'm trying to try and find it, one audience award for a dramatic movie, directing award, grand jury prize, I don't know what the fuck that means, and um, best ensemble.
1: Nice. Yeah. Golden Globes, um, which can sometimes be telling. Uh, Best Supporting Actor, Troy Kotsur, Kotsur um, he plays the father, nominated. And it was actually nominated for Best Motion Picture Drama, which I believe that went to The Power of the Dog. So um, I don't know what the decision-making process in the Golden Globes versus the uh, the Oscars is, how much of a difference there is. But The Power of the Dog did win that category over Coda, Last mm-hmm. year's winner, Nomad Land. by the way, um, also won the Oscar. Um, so it's getting golden globe, you know, buzz it got the screen actors guild awards. It's got nominated stuff for that. It's pending. They don't know if they won yet, but the, the SAG awards, that's like, you know, that's up there with the Oscars and the golden globes. That's one of the big ones. Um, outstanding performance by a cast and outstanding performance by a male actor for again, the father. Um, so yeah, critics choice also getting some, some nominations as well. It's a good movie tie. And it was a movie I knew nothing about going in. I didn't watch, we talked about the plot, but I didn't watch anything about it. I just went in dry and, you know, coming away from it, just, it's a very different story, but the rawness of it and everything, it reminded me a little bit of peanut butter Falcon and the way I felt afterwards, obviously completely different stories, but, um, that's kind of where this movie kind of fits in my heart, I guess.
2: Okay. Yeah. I I thought I was onto something here thinking that that dad should get an award. Um, I'm, I'm now learning that I think, I think he's one of the favorites. <laughs> um, so there's that, but he was fantastic. I, he was really, really good in this. Um I you know, he's the best supporting actor. My my one gripe is that uh with the what was it, the Golden Globes is the other one that already happened? Yeah. Fuck the kid from Power of the Dog. He was not good. He should not have won it over this dad.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. You texted me that completely unrelated like a week ago, um, upset that um the not Benedict Cumberbatch but the other guy won it from the power of the dog. <laughs>
2: Yeah, fuck that kid,
1: Cody Smith McPhee. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, so I mentioned Apple. Actually, Apple acquired distributing rights for Coda for twenty five million dollars. Um, festival record for Sundance. Um, for you Damn. know, getting you know the rights and whatnot. And the actors in this, besides the main actress, obviously, um, but the the father, the mother, and the brother are all deaf actors. Um, you know, so that's great to see. Actually, I was reading something earlier today. That the mom was the first one cast the mom has actually won an oscar before she was in a 1992 film oh god i'm gonna butcher this um but she won best actress um for her role i want to say she was either a child or like a teenager um what movie children of a lesser god it was like 1992 she won best actress for that but she was the first one cast of the the deaf actors and the studio was actually considering casting non-deaf actors for the other roles and she threatened to pull out of the project altogether if they did not cast deaf actors in those roles so they they relented and they did it and they got a best you know supporting actor nominee out of it so
2: yeah that i mean i'm glad that happened this dude was fantastic in this film um the lead actress was really good the mom was good in, in the few moments the mom kind of took the back was on the back burner as the parenting um person in the story it was more like the dad and daughter mm-hmm. but the mom was still good um, but yeah, I didn't know that. So there was the brother deaf as well.
1: Yes. The brother, the mother and the father.
2: That's bitching. I like to see that.
1: Yeah, me too. And, um, you mentioned the mom not being like the main parent. I actually think there's like layers to these characters, you know, and I, I thought we'll talk about it when we get to the character category, but there were some layers in these characters. And I mean, it's just part of the reason why this film is so good. Um, I got no other, you know, housekeeping to do on the film. Do you want to jump into the scale?
2: Ooh, let's do it.
1: All right. <laughs> Plot slash story, visual cinematography, key elements, characters, enjoyment, plot slash story tie. I gave this a 17 out of 20, my friend.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I give it a 16. I'm right there with you.
1: Um, You know, I, I think about the way I think about plot slash story with some of these previous reviews. And sometimes I feel a little bad because, like, I think of a, a movie like – You know, I guess King Richard this doesn't really apply to because I gave that a 16 as well. But there's certain movies where I'm like, I I don't feel like a lot happened where this film, it's not so much a plot, but more so a story. As weird as that sounds like a Marvel movie has a plot, you know, it has the plot twists. It has this. It has that. You know, this told a story (laughs) and it was raw. It was organic. And just the way they did it, man, and just the authenticity that it felt, and the, the complex way they they told a simple yet complex story, just, it, it, like, it felt very, it was just, it was great. It didn't feel like a movie. This felt like a, a documentary about this family, man, and I just, the way they pulled it off and the way they told that story, whereas it's like land you know, I don't have my uh, category by category grades because I didn't start doing this until Last March Madness, um, but that felt more like, you know, some would argue that one had more depth in it than I'm giving it credit for. But Nomadland was one of those ones where I gave it a lower score because it did kind of feel like nothing happened and I didn't really find that depth. Whereas this, there was depth, there was complexity in such a simple story. And I just love the way it was told.
2: Yeah, no, I, I'm laughing at you for the plot slash story, but I do agree. Um, <laughs> it's not like a plot twist type thing or like a giant climax. Like, obviously there is a moment in the movie where like it all builds to. Um, but I, I think... The reason I gave it a 16 is because it's, like you said, it's a simple story, but it's exactly what it needs for the emotional um, for the emotional story they're trying to tell. And, like, the art and the family growing and learning, you know, that, like, you know, they relied on their daughter and they have to let her go and live her own life type thing. Um, it, it was exactly what it needed to be for the daughter to, like, find herself type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it just... It works so well because it creates so many emotional moments and I'm sure like relatable things for people who are in this kind of situation Um, and even in you know different situations where if it's you know like a bilingual family where the mom and dad don't speak English and the kids been the translator like I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this kind of story to where they feel like they have to help their family but then they want to do their own thing uh, as well so um not not plot twist not anything crazy like that but a great story
1: it's not a plot it's a story um but that's where i get my comparisons to a film like peanut butter falcon where again it's a completely different story being told but the authentic authenticity of that film you know is very similar to this where peanut butter falcon is the story of you know um i don't remember the character names uh shia labeouf's character and then you have the uh the character with Down syndrome, you know, and he wants to be a wrestler. And, you know, Shia LaBeouf's character is this guy who's turned away, you know, gotten no good. And, you know, they become friends. And it's like that Huckleberry Finn kind of story. Um, and this is similar. It, it's different, obviously, different story, different circumstances. But they both felt authentic. They both felt raw. And it, it's it can be hard to do that. And, I mean, like Nomadland, like I said, it's, it's the same thing. It's kind of trying to be authentic. And it is authentic and it is raw to a sense. But at the same time, that movie, I was also kind of just like what happened. Whereas this, like you mentioned, still does have this overall story being told and this, you know, relating to people because like, like we both said, it's, it's realistic. There's a lot of this happening out in the world. And I appreciate it. Ty. I, I was not up to speed on the, the Coda community. Um, I've met one person before, you know, just working retail. That was a, that was, you know, a child of death adults. Um, and it's just great. It's great to see this story being told. Cause it really is. I mean, this is a film that's adapted a- adapted from a French film. That's very similar. Um, so I guess I can't say it's never been told before, but in terms of American audience, it hasn't been told before that I know of.
2: Yeah. And I think you touched on it. It's it's the authenticity and the, the relatableness of it is really done well, but there is still a story happening. Unlike Nomadland where it's like there, (laughs) there's shit happening that you can follow along because you can have a very brutally real authentic movie and it still can be kind of boring. Um, This one, while it was kind of a slower story, it it works so well together with what they're trying to achieve, Um, and and I definitely appreciated it.
1: Yeah, for sure. We're just shitting on Nomadland, last year's Best Picture winner. Honestly, Mm -hmm. without spoiling anything, I mean, I've already said how much I like this film. Like, I think all of the Best Picture-esque movies we've reviewed, I would take over Nomadland, even Power of the Dog, which got the exact same score. You actually gave Nomadland higher. I'd probably take Power of the Dog over Nomadland if I had to. So would Nomadland even be nominated this year i don't know we'll see but um coda definitely would win over it if i had a choice
2: i i think that's just the the issue with our scale is like if it gets too artsy we're like nah fuck that um <laughs> the oscars don't care they want to be fucking covered in covered in in artsy
1: yeah well last year was also obviously very different circumstances with the with the pandemic and everything so i mean we have a a somewhat thin movie slate this year and last year was way thinner than this year so um at least we got more movies to talk about visuals, cinematography tie. So this is a film. It's, you know, this can be where the the scale is shifted a little bit towards like a Marvel movie and CGI, but you can still do cinematography in a great way that gets a high score. Example, Tick, Tick, Boom got an 18, Power of the Dog 18 as well, at least according to me. This was very, um, run of the mill for a lot of it, but they did make some stylistic choices that I liked that led me to a 16 score, which is still very high. Um, the one scene that stands out in my head, which I thought was just brilliant filmmaking, was the... I guess it wasn't technically the climax, but when they were singing the duet at the final choir thing, and they just yeah. cut the sound. We've we've actually... We've heard the, the two singing throughout the movie, but we've never heard the final product. We've only got snippets, and it's finally this moment to get this final product, and we've already got the warm-up of like the entire ensemble performing. And then it just cuts the sound completely, and not even like a... You know, sometimes like in a war movie when someone gets flashbanged and there's still that ringing. There wasn't like, it was just de- like nothing. It was like you were deaf. There was no sound whatsoever. And you see that scene through the eyes of the father. Um, and he's just seeing everyone else emotional and crying and, you know, and you see it on his face. And this is why the acting is so phenomenal. You see it on his face. Like this first time he finally feels like he's missing out on this, you know, missing out on his daughter's talent. He didn't even know she had. And just, that sets up the ensuing, I guess, climax so perfectly, the really emotional scene where she's singing to him in the front yard. And yeah. just that one moment kind of drove the points for me, whereas everything else was like, a mo- you know, it's a low-budget Sundance film. You know, they're not going to do something crazy, but just that decision and the music. I like the music choice, but that's what led it to a 16 for me.
2: Um, we're, we got the same score through two. I gave it a 17, one point higher. Okay. Um, I, and. And like you said, that ring or whatever, we watched Hawkeye recently, which had a deaf character and and the main character was hearing um a hearing impaired. I, I don't know, he partially deaf. um and, and they did that a lot throughout that series, where it was, you know, stuff where it was like a like he, you know, you were through his point of view and you couldn't hear things. But there was still kind of like a slight tone. This yeah. movie, after watching that, like you go through the entire film, and there's, there's none of it there. You know, it's just general, like, you know, like a regular person hearing everything and whatnot. And I, you said it wasn't the client. It's kind of that those two scenes together, I feel like are the climax. Cause that is the turning point of the film. Yeah. Um, like emotionally for sure. Cause that's when the dad realizes like, okay, we can't hold her back from what she's obviously good at and, and seeing how she makes other people feel. Um, I, I started fucking balling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like that scene, and it's like so built up, and obviously it's like something she's been working on, throughout the movie and everything, and you know that's a big moment, and like her family's at a you know a singing thing that they can't hear, but they're there to support her, and just that instantaneous boom, dead silent. It was like oh fuck, like it it, it has the fact that they didn't do it like at all throughout the movie until that very singular point is such good filmmaking. Um, just the how effective it is that that's the only point and you see it through his eyes for the first time. And that helps make that emotional change in the characters and everything. Um, and then leading up to him, to her singing to him and him putting his hands like on her, on her neck. So he can feel the vibrations of it and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. And, and the other thing that I, I really liked is there was a lot of shots of them on the boat. I yeah. don't know if this was shot in like 12 K or something. That was the most beautiful water I've ever
1: seen. I, I think it's real water. I think obviously yeah i'm aware (laughs) but well it was filmed in uh Gurkha, massachusetts whatever we called it um i was looking right now so i I wouldn't be surprised if they were legitimately off the boat you know five miles off the coast or however far fishermen go um which is really nice it was was just it was just so
2: crispy clear
1: like you could see everything and it looks so good
2: and then the shots of her jumping off the cliffs and everything going through the nature um I, I think the music was really good the way it was shot obviously it's a low budget but you could tell how much attention to detail they gave with that low budget for how they were trying to
1: make this film and it it worked very well Yeah for sure um and yeah just that scene the the death scene alone carries it and Even that scene before, I mean, they set up the the precursor. They're talking about what to make for dinner and, like, you know, using sign language and whatnot while everyone else is listening. And, again, almost not caring about it and then kind of, you know, getting the full picture, which leads me to Key Elements, Ty. Um, It's a a dramedy, I guess. It's drama comedy is what I saw, even though dramedy doesn't sound right. Um, When I thought of Key Elements, I thought of some of the humor, which was fantastic in this. Um, The dad especially, like – to be able to have that kind of humor from a deaf character, is just it was it was great, quite frankly. Um, the rap music scene, yeah. the scene where he's, you know, the condoms and everything. Um, and the brother, <laughs> too, you know, he had the comedic elements as well. Um, but then just the emotion as well that was in the film. And I think the representation of the, the CODA community, which, you know, I'm speaking from ignorance here. I can't necessarily say, like, you know, I, I understand completely and I can't relate fully. But I feel like they did a very good job, especially with the deaf, you know, actors and actresses. And I thought the emotion was very fucking emotional. Cause like you said, you bawled your eyes out and nope. there's this scene, like you said, when she's singing and he's feeling her vocal cords to finally, you know, hear it, so to say. And that's super emotional. Riley didn't even watch the film. She came home from work and, you know, she came in right before the recital and she was bawling her eyes out, Ty, like at, ap- like crying bad. <laughs> and then the end scene where she's trying out for the music school and she's seeing a song and like, I don't know if you picked up on this, but earlier in the film, you know, the music teacher said, like, I don't know if she changed the song, but he said something along the lines of, like, you know, connect to this song or find another song that connects to you or whatever. And then the song, she was pretty much singing about her parents, you know, singing about how, you know, the song was about when she was a kid. And it's not her song, but, you know, seeing the clouds and seeing how beautiful they are or whatever. And then getting older and the clouds started, you know, blocking things. And, like, you know, it's the song – and then the family's there to watch it, and she's signing it to them, and it's like she's singing about them. That way she can get emotional, and it's just – man, it was fucking – if Riley wasn't there to make fun of me, I would have been bawling my eyes out. Too. I haven't felt this move since Marriage Story. <laughs> it was. Did you give your score? 19, sorry.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. I give it a 20. Um, <laughs> I, it, you hit all the points. It's It creates such this emotion, and like you said, obviously – you know I, I haven't really been around anyone who's deaf or anything like that but it it helps you understand that community so well I feel mm-hmm. like as an outsider watching this film um, it does such a good job with that the the, the emotion and everything and this movie's fucking hilarious yeah. um, the, the, just and like seeing the dad's sign and he's so animated with it yeah. <laughs> with the condom scene and like put a helmet on that soldier like he's in the trenches and shit it's so funny and then the way they do that and just throughout and the mom and dad banging and having no idea that they're being so loud while having sex while the dude's over um it's 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 absolutely hilarious while also being super emotional doing such a good job of you know representation of this community and telling a family story with it all it's it
1: easy easy 20
2: for me it really really um, just, it it does what it's trying to do so well.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's just the comedy mixed with the sadness and everything. That's just more authentic. That's what makes a film like this authentic. Um, yeah. I I wanted to say too, at the very end, when she's saying bye bye to her family and he tells her go, like he says, go. Um, Mm -hmm. I was on the verge of tears tile, like in that scene, it was very sad. I was, I was, and I thought while it was happening, I was like, if he says I love you or something, I'm going to fucking break. And luckily he only said go, but if you would have said like, <laughs> I love you or like, I would have, I, I think I would have bawled. I would have broken down. Like that's the first time any of these characters have talked, you know, the mom said, Hey, real quick or whatever, but obviously they don't talk, talk, but um, that would have just been, wow, I would have lost it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, like I said, and it's, it goes back to that cutting off all the sound earlier in the film. Like they, they, such attention to detail with the emotion and how they shot this film and where they did certain things. Um, It really works perfectly um, for, for obviously what they're trying to achieve here. It works so well.
1: Yeah, definitely agree. Characters. I gave this an 18 out of 20. Why don't you tell me your score and explain why first? Mm, Okay.
2: Yeah. I also gave it an eight. Um, Like I said, I thought I was, I was on the up and up saying this dad should deserve an award. Um, (laughs) Apparently everyone else realized that as well, because he was so good throughout this. But the brother and the emotional moments with the brother and like obviously being the older brother and you see it throughout where he wants to be the one that is able to, you know, kind of be that next generation and help his dad and be the leader of the family. Um, But he's held back by, you know, not being able to hear and being deaf. And like that struggle with him that you see is, is done so well to where like he almost resents his little sister in a certain way because she's so valuable to the family, the way he wants to be mm-hmm. um, the dad's performance is fantastic. The mom, you know, there was a few scenes, I think of the four, I, I think she did well, but I, you know, she, she was fine, but there, I wasn't blown away by her and the daughter. I mean, there's multiple emotional moments with the daughter and everything. And she does really good um, her character arc and, and seeing how she, progresses through this film and and you know the struggle of like there's the one comment where she was like if I was blind would you want to be a painter yeah um the mom says and it's like that struggle of her like finding something that she's passionate about that her entire family can't relate or really you know uh, support fully because they have no idea yeah. and that struggle of her to balance that family and what she loves and all of it Uh, they were all fantastic um 18 for sure
1: (laughs) yeah the acting was good I mean the the father's getting nominations and whatnot probably gonna get nominated for an Oscar best picture or not best picture uh, best supporting actor and you know I thought the main girl was fantastic as well I, I don't know if she's gonna win or get nominated for lead actress I wouldn't be surprised if she did it was just you know she's 19 years old in real life and playing a 17 year old and just expressing that kind of burden, you know, that she did on the screen, I thought was fantastic, Um, especially working with, you know, deaf actors and creating that connection in a way that has to be more difficult, you know, than just traditional actors. And, you know, they're acting, you know, fantastic for the circumstances and just the the depth of the characters, you know, you touched on it mostly, Um, but just the brother, like you said, resenting the sister, but also there's being like a sprinkle of like him also resenting, how you know resenting her but resenting almost how normal she is and like almost like telling her to go you know chase her dreams or whatever and like you know that's something he obviously wanted to do he he didn't he felt like she was you know worried that they would feel they would look stupid and everything and like it's almost like he saw the mm-hmm. opportunity she had and he resented that but he still wanted her to go after it, whatever um and then just the dad like obviously we mentioned comedic and whatnot but like you know, he's kind of a bitter guy at the beginning and rightfully so, you know, everyone kind of treats him as an outcast, you know, he doesn't want to see everyone. And then you just see the simple scene of him going to the bar with his son and like interacting with these guys and everything, like, you know, showing the character growth there and showing the character growth, you know, to not be bitter towards the world with his daughter, you know, and help his daughter and whatnot. And then the mom, you know, I thought the mom actually had some some depth to her just the whole time. It almost felt like she I don't want to say resented having the daughter, but like there wasn't that full connection there. And, you know, and she even had the, they had the scene where they talked about, they did the hearing test when she was born and the mom wished she was deaf. She couldn't think she could be a good mother. And the whole time just kind of like almost intentionally holding her back, whether it's because she could do stuff that maybe the mom couldn't. And there's, you know, that or the lack of connection, just there, there was something there with the mom that I think was deeper than meets the eye. And I, I, I had it kind of, theorized in my head how i was going to talk about it earlier and i kind of like my thoughts are getting jumbled now but th- there was something there i think with the mom and even her resentment towards you know she called him hearing bitches and just you know she was bitter in her own way as well and you know kind of almost took that out on the daughter in a sense and mocked you know her talent and everything and was asking what the dad wants for dinner and um yeah just it, it i thought it perfectly showcased the the different dynamics of a family like this and the kind of struggles that you know not only you know coda you know people children of deaf adults could have kind of that balancing act of wanting to live your own life but also wanting to support your family but also you know the deaf community and the, the struggles they have and almost you know if you have a family member like that the kind of nuances that come in with that um yeah i don't know i just thought it was great i thought the acting was great i thought the depth of the characters was great i thought the writing was great i thought everything was just really really good about it i also liked the teacher yeah. he was good
2: yeah, the dance teacher or the dance teacher, the, the music teacher was pretty good. Um he he, he was good. Um but I, I like the scene where, you know, obviously he's talking about, you know, he wants to do his own thing. The dad. Um he wants to do his own thing and start this company and everything. And and him not being able to communicate the way that he wishes he could is holding him back. Mm-hmm. You know, that being the barrier for him. That you know, obviously I'm sure that's something that people in this community can can relate to like having these goals or having these aspirations and, and not realizing the hurdles they have to get over to achieve them compared to just a a regular person. Um, I I thought that was done really well. And then the scene where like they get fucking boarded by the coast guard or whatever, because they had no fucking clue. Um, and, and you know, that being another way to showcase kind of the, the struggles of that community and everything. Um, I I don't know the emotion and everything that happened with the characters and how they grew um, throughout everyone is fantastic. Uh, You bring up that one scene with the mom where she said she was born um, and she wished she was deaf and she couldn't relate to her mom because her mom, you know, could hear. And Mm -hmm. obviously, you know, it's implied like never really learned sign language or a good way to communicate with her all that well. Um, And, you know, having that resentment towards them and you see her while they start the business working with everyone and, all the other girls are getting along laughing who are working there, and she feels like an outsider. So there is little tidbits with every character throughout. Um, my one takeaway, though, is shout-out to the brother for still having game despite the fact that he's deaf.
1: Yeah, even though he fucked his sister's friend. He did. He did do that. <laughs> but shout-out to him. After she told him he had, she had herpes.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he had to take that risk.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, just... It was great, Um, which leads us to enjoyment, Ty. I lost my back real quick, even though I know what I gave it for enjoyment. I gave it – I'm thinking about bumping this up one. It's one of those movies where the more you talk about it, I feel like the more you like it. I think it's fair where it's at. I feel like if I could give a half point, I would. Uh, I went with 17. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. It was heartfelt. I thought about it thereafter. Obviously not the turn-your-brain-off enjoyment of a Marvel film, and I'm a dumb, you know – moviegoer who loves the slop and feed it to me and feed me law-abiding citizen and everything um yeah but still a really enjoyable movie and one of those you know serious movies um i guess to call it a serious movie where i would recommend it to people like you know like like my my father for example you know nothing against my dad i love you dad if you're listening you're probably not you don't support the pod anymore um but like the power of the dog i wouldn't recommend him i think he would be bored of it um even what we watched last week what did we watch last week again um, oh, Tick, tick boom. tick, boom. I wouldn't recommend that to him. That's just not his taste, you know. But, like, this and a movie like Peanut Butter Falcon, which I compared it to, is a movie I would recommend because it's not just heartwarming and, you know, funny. It just it tells a good story. And I feel like even if you like the slop like my dad does, no offense, dad. Like, this is a movie I feel like any, everyone will feel emotions with and everyone will have a takeaway with. So um, I gave it a 17 for enjoyment. Willing to bump to an 18, but I settled at 17.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I also gave it a 17. Um I think like you said it it's so recommendable because it does such a good job of telling a serious emotional story with so much humor and everything sprinkled throughout to make it, it makes it so digestible. Um I think right now it's sitting at a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. And and it's one of those movies where it just makes sense because it's it is shot well. Cinematography is great. The emotions there but there's also humor and lightheartedness throughout where it, it really is just like a, a regular family dynamic telling this, you know, emotional story and everything. Um it, it does such a good job of telling the story they want to tell and making a movie that it you know, it relates to such a broad audience. Um and, you know, that's hard to do. A lot of these serious films where, you know, they try and and, you know, show off and bring recognition to like a, a group of people um it, it's hard to do sometimes with you know to where you can relate that to just the general public mm-hmm. um this movie does it so well and i think peanut butter falcon is another movie that does it so well i i think that's a great comp to this to where it's such an easy to watch movie that you get so much out of um the the barrier of entry is real low like it's not a hard watch at all and you can take away so much from it which makes it that much more
1: enjoyable i agree Wholeheartedly, Ty. Um, what's your final score out of 100? My final score out of 100? We're sitting at an 88. Wow. It's up there. Significantly higher than Power of the Dog. Yeah, you gave that like a seven. I gave it an 87, Ty. An
2: 87. Ooh, one point lower. 88, 87. Final score, 88, or 87 and a half. That puts it at 15 on our movie
1: scale. That's up there. Tied with Law Abiding Citizen, <laughs> so many different movies. We love our
2: slop, okay? We and, love our
1: slop, but we can appreciate the good shit. And Taldega Nights, by the way. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, just the movies. I mean, it's obviously up there with our big Marvel movies. But um, Far From Home, I, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole right now. But um, Slumdog Millionaire movie, I really loved. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, God, some of our top level movies aren't that great um they're great to us okay um but yeah so far hey, whoa
2: you just said jojo rabbit isn't that great
1: no i was looking more like anchorman shang chi all great movies just we're biased okay we, and we admit it. jump up to inception
2: 1917 spider-man no way Wolf home. Of wall street spider-man no way home Infinity War
1: still number one and probably will never be dethroned
2: it's impossible it's impossible to make a better movie
1: um, no, this was great, man. And when we're talking about best picture, I said it last week. You know, after every week, we've kind of, I've kind of done this little monologue. And obviously, we've given Spider-Man No Way Home higher. But when we look at the movies that will realistically have a chance, this is the best of the bunch. And last week, it was Tick, Tick, Boom that was the best of the bunch. And you actually gave this one point lower than Tick, Tick, Boom. But for our consensus score, right now, our best picture nominees that we've watched, sorry, Belfast, uh, it would be Coda, Tick, Tick, Boom, um, Power of the Dog probably in a far third place and a uh, King Richard third place and the dog in a far fourth yeah. place. Those are the Oscar worthy movies we've reviewed so far.
2: Um, I, I obviously I gave it one point higher, but I feel like this is more along the lines of best picture than tick, tick, boom. Yeah. Um So I, I would definitely agree that this one out of all the ones we've watched feels like it's going to be the winning movie. Um This one after watching Hawkeye, I told myself I wanted to learn sign language. Um I never actually did anything. I just told myself I did. This one made me start watching videos.
1: Good for you, Ty. Good for you. That's Um, how much it moved me. Yeah, right now, like, okay, so question before we get into our our draft. Um, I said I was going to start doing this on some pods. I guess this is my only question today is, like, we know that CODA is our quote-unquote best picture winner, but we are not the Academy. And, again, we haven't seen Belfast yet. So there's a really good chance Belfast wins it, or Licorice Pizza, maybe not Licorice Pizza, but there's a really good chance Belfast wins it, and we just haven't seen the film yet. Based on the ones we've seen, which one could you realistically see the academy giving the award to? Because I have my answer, and I don't think you would like it. Which one do you think they would give it to?
2: I, I honestly think it's it's Coda. Um, I just off all the ones, I mean, they're giving so much love to Power of the Dog, which I don't agree with That's one bit. What Jesse I think Plemons, give it to. Jesse Plemons is in like the top fifteen for um, like supporting actor predictions. He did nothing. He didn't. He was just standoffish to his brother the whole fucking movie. <laughs> um, I, I just I don't understand where the love is. This movie, it, it's that w- kind of indie type film that you know the Oscars obviously love. Um, it's artsy. It, it shows off this group of you know group of society that probably hasn't got very much spotlight in you know the the main media. I, I guess you could say. Um, mm-hmm mainstream media, and I, I think it has everything that you're looking for, whereas Power of the
1: Dog's just a,
2: a yeehaw, I killed this guy.
1: Okay, it's more than that. Let's not shit eh, on... is it? Is it, though? <laughs> it is more than yeehaw. They have the whole toxic masculinity and all that kind of dynamic going on. But, no, just looking at the Best Picture winners, though, like, No Land, obviously is a different story considering the movie Slay last year. That was very real. I just feel like the Academy favors... This was obviously acting and they they all played characters and you know i'm not going to discredit i liked all the performances but i feel like sometimes there is a tendency to favor movies where you're playing something that's maybe a little bit more than that whereas in power of the dog they're obviously playing westerners and it's like a more of a character again these are obviously more characters but it's more more real parasite i guess that's more real but there's also you know characters in that the shape of water moonlight i don't know i haven't seen a lot of these so maybe i'm ignorant here but i i just i have a feeling you yeah, are gonna I, like that more
2: I, I think i'm with you but my my main takeaway like they typically go for the ones that try to do something different in, in an artsy way generally um i think parasite you know told this very unique story it was obviously a foreign film but the way they did it and it was like a you know there, there was so much wrapped into that movie and it was told in such a unique way that that's why that got the nom Nomadland, obviously, was such this isolated type thing to where it's just this one girl and you're literally just living a week with her. Um, but it's very raw and authentic. Moonlight tells this guy's story throughout his entire life, like three different actors playing the character. Um, and, and it's unique things. And I I think with this, it was that unique look at, you know, the deaf community. Whereas Power of the Dog, while it's emotional and character-based, um, I, I don't think... I get it's getting a lot of love, obviously, and you know that. Is, I disagree with it, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think either one of them is like head and shoulders above the eye, like the other at this point.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, just this talk reminded me of this movie called Waves, um, 2019. That was a really interesting. I don't know if I recommend it. The second half was kind of uh, kind of dull, but that was an interesting root in reality. It's a 21 movie, if I'm not mistaken. Um, do you want to get into our top five uh, sounds draft, Ty? Mm, let's do it. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of the resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you want to listen to your podcast. Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor has been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself we encourage you to download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today let's get back to the pod okay we flipped a coin during the break tyler
2: tells again tells again
1: you didn't want to believe
2: me that it was tells you called me a liar during the break i'm sending you a snapchat video of it being tells again ball don't lie
1: Tyler won the coin toss, as you can imagine. So he's going to get first overall pick. And like the Kansas city chiefs might win this ranking because he gets, he gets ball first and I don't get a chance to get ball back.
2: It's true. Coin, coin toss decides everything. Um, in these, these big time close matchups, um, with my first overall pick, look, this is a movie pod. We love our movies.
1: But I also love sports,
2: and my first overall pick is the sound of a bat you when someone hits asshole, a fucking tank.
1: dude. That was one of one. Just, that's why I needed number one overall pick. Why
2: do you think I wanted one of one? Because that's it. Just the sound off the bat of a ball that just gets obliterated 450 feet plus. Especially there's certain stadiums that have such good hot mics at the plate, and they just sound
1: so good. Well, I don't think it's the stadium. I think it's the broadcasting team. Like when ESPN does it, um, they obviously have better hot mics um that's
2: fair i just assumed it was east coast stadiums because espn favors a uh, east coast bias um but yeah no those the, the espn broadcast when someone just hits an absolute moonshot
1: nothing better
2: you gotta ignore alex Rodriguez's voice but nothing better than the home run
1: you're making me want to talk about the hall of fame on our movie pod ty um which i'm not going to do <laughs> um if any moviegoers out here that might not be a big sports fan that listens to our pod and you want an example of this uh just go look up like best home runs from the 2020 season where there was empty stadiums um, Ooh. to really get a, an idea of what a true sound of a bat sounds like, Ty. And do you, yeah. is there one home run that stands out to you in your life? Like the loudest crack you've ever heard is if not, don't worry. I got one. I, like, fire away. I, I mean, for me,
2: it's just like Giancarlo Stanton ESPN. He
1: swings so hard and
2: he hits a ball. Nothing sounds better.
1: Well, I meant like that you are in person for, um,
2: Oh, um my my in-person one is when uh Shohei went deep when I called it while we were at that game <laughs> I don't think
1: you could see that but here's the thing is those ones are obviously the loudest there is but the stadium's already so loud so you don't get the the true experience the loudest crack of the bat I've ever heard was the and the situation might have made it louder in my head but was the Diego Cartaya walk-off Grand Slam that I filmed last season there was only like four 300 people there. It was still a COVID game, limited attendance. It was 1030 at night and I was right behind home plate. And he hit that ball like 464 feet for the walk-off. And it was a fucking thunderclap tie.
2: Yeah. I feel like you have more experience with hearing this beautiful noise in person being, you know, you worked for a minor league team and you were right there on field level and you got to hear plenty of them. Oh yeah. Um, So I am jealous of that, but I'm glad I got to steal this pick away from you. You probably appreciate this more than I do, but ball don't lie.
1: I do. I, I it's it's the best sound ever. I mean, I'm trying to pull up something. I'm trying to just kill time here, Ty. I mean, video don't do it justice. This is bad radio. I got to make sure my levels don't get too loud when I play this. But just listen to this. Ooh. Ooh, it came through on that. Yeah, the the levels are pretty low. It sounded like an aluminum bat. It really did. Um, just that the thunderous roar,
2: just that beautiful sound when someone just hits an absolute moonshot.
1: Well, my first overall pick was going to be my second overall pick. I'm going to go with the Marvel theme song that plays before the oh. MCU movies.
2: Fucking that was my number two. <laughs> we had <laughs> exactly the same one, too.
1: <laughs> Dude, I remember <laughs> WandaVision. It, it was WandaVision. Um, or yeah. maybe it was Black Widow. Whatever it was, WandaVision was the first Mar- – no, it was WandaVision, yeah, because we didn't have the movies for a while. Then WandaVision came out. Just hearing that, like, again, and then hearing it in theaters with Black Widow. Even though Black Widow's not a great film. Just love it. it sends chills down your spine.
2: Yeah, there's just nothing better. You just, you know, obviously there's just so much buildup for, for Marvel movies and everything. So much anticipation. And I just know when that intro pops on Moonlight in probably like a month and a half, I can't wait. I just, <laughs> it's the best feeling ever. It's just like a here we go. <laughs> Which second overall pick? So I'm going to be honest. It was one, two, Gap. Um, those are my top twos. My number two, um, you probably, you well, I'll put it in your terms here. Um, I'm just going to generalize this. The sound that a can makes when it's like carbonated and you crack it open. I was gonna do cracking open a cold beer uh, for you, maybe like a like a carbonated water in a can. (laughs) (laughs) Just that sound, just that nice little pop. You're all dehydrated, you're thirsty, you know. You you're out going out for a good time. Just that that noise right there. That MCU and baseball, like there's a lot of stuff going on with it. The crack of a can, a can,
1: beautiful. So cracking a soda can when you're enjoying an MCU film or. Cracking a beer can at the baseball game. There you go. Combine yeah, Fuck yeah. Oh, My second overall pick. I'm actually going to move this around. This was my number four that I forgot before the pod started. But I think they're... I I don't know if you'll have it, but I don't think you'll have my number three. I'm going to go with a good old-fashioned WWE crowd pop tie. And not just any crowd pop. The CM Punk return. The John Cena return. Anytime Undertaker returns. Anytime Stone Cold or The Rock show up. That excited not when you know they're not coming the surprise WWE pop the Royal Rumble is this weekend and there's always surprise entrance and there's going to be one of those surprise pops they're fucking great I love them I've, I've never been to a WWE event if I were to ever go to one I think I would go to the Royal Rumble just because I want to hear that pop in person
2: mm. yeah that's a good one Um I'm glad you isolated it to a singular kind of thing there Um with, with like the crowd because I have another one kind of similar to it that I'll speak to later, but just a nice crowd pop. That's, that's a great call. Um, thank you. Kind of, kind of relating to yours. My next pick, um, is the sound of glass or ice shattering, um, relating to yours in like stone cold Steve Austin's
1: <laughs> intro. Okay. <laughs>
2: um, just that, I mean, I, are you on TikTok, Jay?
1: No, but I've actually been thinking that we should probably have a presence on TikTok, and I actually have a decent idea that I thought we might should do, but no, I'm not.
2: Okay, I agree with you on, on us
1: getting on TikTok, but
2: right now on TikTok, there's a very, very large trend going around, and it's for my male audience only, and it's guys picking up, like, frozen pieces of glass on top of the water and just dropping them and watching them shatter. Um, <laughs> it's the best. It's the best, and every guy can relate to. Just loving seeing that. Um, dropping it, like, a, something big off a really tall thing and watching it hit the ground, um, that's another one with it. But just the noise it makes... When either glass or ice, is very similar. Just that shattering. Um, something so satisfying about it. Something so satisfying about the destruction being caused.
1: All right. All right. So I've I've done two. I, I'm switching things around, I I now have a new addition on my list that wasn't even on the list that I just thought of right now. But I'm not going to pick it now because right now I have two, let's call it Las Vegas-related ones. Um, I love Las Vegas. been there a lot. I'm going to only pick one of them. Um, I won't tell you which one I'm not picking in case you have it. The one I am picking is the sound of everyone messing with their chips in a casino. You know that, that, and everyone's doing it, oh. blackjack, oh. poker, whatever it is, just everyone's stacking the chips and you just hear it. Like, I can't do the cool thing where you make two stacks and you combine it into one. Like, I'll just look like a fool if I try it. But I love mm-hmm. that noise, man. I fucking love it.
2: It's a great noise. Um, we had our poker night that was supposed to be monthly that we haven't done in like three months. That we did once. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah after that poker night i've watched videos and spent way more time than i'm proud to admit learning how to do that and shuffling the chips <laughs> not um, how to play poker ready. how to shuffle chips yeah and i was ready to show it off at the next poker night um <laughs> it's just so satisfying sitting there and hearing them just just kind of ruffle together that to look click click click, click. Yeah. it just sounds so good i'm actually pretty good at it i'm not even gonna lie <laughs>
1: okay oh that's funny um
2: um My next pick. See, I have one on here. I know you're not going to choose it, so I'm going to save it for five. Um, It's just not your thing. Oh, okay. It's probably something (laughs) car-related. I'm not going to say nothing. I'm not going to say nothing. Uh, My next pick is going to be very specifically um, the USA chant um, in the baseball stadium when fans found out that uh, we killed Osama Bin Laden. (laughs) You watch YouTube videos of that, and it's just chills, man. It's just chills, and just a full stadium of opposing fans coming together to chant "USA" and the players not knowing what the fuck's going on. I love that. Fucking love that.
1: May second, twenty eleven, is when Osama bin Laden was compromised. Um, I thought Have you seen that video. I've seen the John Cena video, not this specific video. You gotta watch the video. I don't know who's
2: playing, but it's like a baseball game. And the whole crowd, like, people start getting it on their phone and everything, getting the notifications of it. And the whole crowd just starts chanting, USA, USA, just throughout the fucking stadium. The players have no idea at all what the fuck's going on. And then they put it on the big board. And it's just electric.
1: Uh, Phillies, Mets. Um, I looked it up right now. That's funny. That's um, there's, a, there's a clip of John Cena telling the crowd um, after a pay-per-view that they uh, compromised Osama Bin Laden to the fullest extent, I think is the, the terminology he used there. Um, that's awesome <laughs> I thought you were going to go with because you said USA chant I thought you were going to go with like the world cup I believe that we can win chant which it's not going to be one of my Ooh. picks but just soccer chants in general um could make a place on this list because either whether it's the Ted Lasso ones they made up or like the legitimate oh, yeah. chance like it's on my bucket list I'm g- going to go to Europe eventually at least once in my life I absolutely have to and I want what excuse me want to go to a European soccer game specifically in English speaking country and I just want to go crazy. I, I, it doesn't have to be a team I support. Obviously, I don't support any of them. But, like, I'm going to go fucking crazy. I'm going to be a fan of that team that day. I mean,
2: Ted Lasso. I mean, I'm glad you brought up Ted Lasso because that show, so much so much good stuff to say about it. Underrated part is the chants. Yeah. Um, I, I love soccer chants. They're just they're so electric. I wish we had more stuff like that in our American sports. Hey, the Roy Kent. Roy Kent. He's here. He's there. He's every fucking where. Yeah. Roy Kent. Electric
1: yeah americans aren't as cool with their chance i guess who dat say they're gonna beat them saints i guess but fantastic i, mean, I guess everyone's it's fantastic gonna, everyone's gonna say they're gonna beat them saints after sean payton walked away um hey, go fuck yourself not even the sports pod and you're getting stray fires even though I, we're gonna talk about sean payton gonna, next week
2: <laughs> I thought this is gonna be a safe space for this i was holding out all emotional breakdown until the sports pod and you're gonna make me fucking cry on the pod right now jay
1: Oh, my God. So I've got a Marvel-themed song, WWE pop, chips in a casino. Number four, I'm going to go with something I just thought of right now. (laughs) It makes me sound fat, but there's nothing I love more in a restaurant. There's one specific restaurant noise that's better than the rest. Can you guess it? Restaurant noise? Yeah, like a noise you could hear in a restaurant that you're like, oh, shit, business is going down. This is a great noise. Oh, like someone dropping a tray full of plates? No, no, no. I mean for my belly. I mean – the sound of sizzling fajitas coming to your table. <laughs> I thought you meant business is going down like shit just hit the fan, but I love that. No, business going down in my stomach. Just you go to Chili's, you go to that's kind of sad that that's my my first example. You go to La Casita for the people in Asperia. You order the fajitas. They have to wear a hot mitt when they bring it out. It's on a hot cast iron grill, and it's just sizzling still. They don't have to do that, but they do, and I love it. Yeah, I, it's it's weird that like that's
2: one of the few foods that they choose to do that on. Yeah. Like, they can bring out every cooked meal in a hot plate sizzling, but they're like, you know what, Fijitas deserve this. It's a great sound, man. It, it lets you know you're alive. It's fantastic sound. Um, that's that's that is a good pick. I will say though, I worked at a restaurant. Hearing plates just shatter on the ground like someone dropping a tray, obviously not good for that person. Awesome sound. That's tight. That goes like, back oh. to your
1: glass breaking sound. That's the exact same sound. You just like hearing shit break. <laughs>
2: Dude. Oh, do. No, oh, I do. It's a great noise. <laughs> Fuck. Um, that's great. My fifth and final pick. I knew you wouldn't take it. You, you, you hit the fucking nail on the head, Jay. Just, just an old built V8 fucking engine. Just loud as shit. I love a good loud car. That's just, it's just fast. I'm thinking, um, obviously not relatable for most people listening, but Tim's, Tim's older built car that he has. Okay. Just, to, just, just a good old fucking car with a loud exhaust, not not no not no fucking little no four cylinder, just a nice powerful engine. Or even like an exotic, like a Lambo or some shit, McLaren driving down the street, and you hear it, and you're just like, ooh, ooh.
1: What about the a best. um, like a, a neon blue Ford Focus? Uh, what is it, straight piped, or whatever that? Mm. Like, how does that sound to you? No, not good. Um, that, that sounds. <laughs> Sub subpar,
0: I will say.
1: I love you, Brandon. I know you are not listening, but if you are, I love you. Um, (laughs) Or whatever is Shots fired, (laughs) stray shots. (laughs) Um, My fifth and final pick. Uh, You know, I I thought about this one long and hard, Ty, and I I think it. it, This is a universal one. This is one where I am surprised it lasted this long because it it should be on every person in the world's list because it's just a great, great, great sound within the lines just within the lines the podcast of all podcasts the best movie podcast you'll listen to breaking down movies unlike other any other podcast other podcasts do movie reviews they talk about it sometimes they'll give them scores out of 10 out of 100 they don't do it like we do it we're in depth we're consistent we have a measuring stick for all these movies to aim up against we have a a scoring system with tiers of if you're within the lines if you're above the line below the lines or if we draw the line it's just a great show. You got a great voice, Ty. I hope I have a great voice. Within the lines, best sound, number five.
2: That was fantastic. I mean, I told you beforehand that it was going to be my honorable mention, number six. It's just hearing, welcome to another Within the Lines or whatever the fuck you say. I don't do the <laughs> intro, so I don't even know it, but I
1: love hearing it. <laughs> so, welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines coming at you on January 26, 2022.
2: <laughs> there it is. He did the thing. He did the thing. <laughs>
1: Um, do you have any other honorable mentions? My other casino one was uh, the sound of a slot machine when you hit the jackpot and you just let the coins reel and you turn the sound up on the machine so everyone knows you just won like 30 oh, yeah. bucks, but you let it count up anyways.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a great noise. It's fantastic noise. Um, getting a little bit more in touch with nature here. I had rain and then uh, <laughs> water-adjacent waves. So peaceful. It just makes you feel good.
1: Um, I'm proud of you for not – I thought you were going to go with a uh, – a dirty route on this. And I'm just proud of you for not Ty. I was really expecting it out of you.
2: Um, when I told Victoria earlier that I was doing this, I told her my number one overall pick was going to be, um,
1: the, the noise of an orgasm,
2: but strictly from her, because that's all I think about.
1: <laughs> not your own. You don't want to rank your own. No, I don't
2: think I sound good when I come. <laughs>
1: oh my. I'm just usually apologetic. Um, <laughs> um, Random Rotten Tomato movie <laughs> score. Uh, My this... favorite
2: noise is the post. The post comes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: God. Um. <laughs> uh, Random Rotten Tomatoes score tie. Um. I, I was intrigued by um the uh <laughs> the teacher in this film um Eugenio Derbez um and I, I thought I knew him from somewhere so I looked at his cinematography and I. I, I don't recognize, I mean, he's in, like, Geostorm. I don't know if I've seen that movie. I've definitely heard of it. Um, I don't know. He's in Jack and Jill, 3%. That's not your score. Ooh. Um, Ooh. So I don't know if I know him from anything, but I, I saw a certain movie he was in, Ty. Um, Not his last movie. It was Angry Birds 2. But the movie before that was the uh, movie we should have reviewed, Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Um, oh, he plays
2: the dad in that, huh?
1: I don't know. I actually haven't seen it. Well, yeah. No, he doesn't play the dad in
2: that. I think that's the dude from from Ant-Man. I'm not looking it up. I think it's the guy from Ant-Man who tells the funny stories.
1: Oh, he's an executive producer. I don't even think he's an actor. No, he plays Alejandro Gutierrez's character. I think he's a small character, but he's also an executive producer on Dora in the Lost Mm, City. Okay. 155 reviews, over 5,000 verified audience ratings, 2019, hour and 42 minutes. Dora in the Lost City Gold Tie. What do you think you got? How many reviews? 155. (gasps) Okay. That means it could be any percent. Yeah, you don't. You're not. You don't have to do your math. That sucks. I hate that.
2: Um, look, I don't think that movie was good. I never saw it, but if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, it was a bad movie.
1: Oh shit! Sorry, Eugenio Derbez is literally second cast. I looked over him because I didn't think he'd be cast that high. So I'm guessing he plays like the main villain or something.
2: <laughs> that would be my guess. I was gonna say that, and then you said he's way down the list, and I was like, all right. All right. Um, because I, I remember him from the trailer. Okay, Again, never saw this movie, but I think I remember him from the trailer. Okay. Don't think it's a good movie. We're going to go um, Vente Ocho in honor of Dora. We're going
1: 28%. So, Ty, I picked this movie for a very specific reason. I almost gave it away. I almost told you that this audience score literally made me fall out of my boots, pun intended. Dora Ooh. in the Lost City of Gold, 85% certified fresh. you shitting me. Eighty-five percent certified fresh, eighty-eight audience score. Dora in the Lost City of Gold. We need to watch this fucking movie. Can't <laughs> yeah, believe that was good. I had zero hope from
2: it. For it, I I thought it was gonna be terrible.
1: Me too, Ty. I, I was shocked. I my jaw hit the ground. I mean, it's his second highest rated movie behind Coda.
2: Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> now I wonder, Jay, are you familiar with the Night, uh, Night at the Museum franchise?
1: Yes, I'm familiar.
2: You know a little monkey that's in that? yes Uh, he's like a famous monkey like no bullshit like he's in a bunch of movies i wonder if he played boots
1: no boots looked like he was a really bad cgi Uh,
2: just get the real monkey you have a movie star monkey you Uh, should get all of those roles
1: crystal the monkey is is the monkey's name uh still alive 27 years old ty so kicking it what i wonder what the life expectancy for a monkey is it's gonna be similar
2: to humans right
1: um, it's actually maybe a girl. the smaller guys are a little less a a cap a capuchin monkey. I know I spelled that okay. wrong. Um, their life expectancy is thirty four to thirty six. No,
2: that's significantly shorter than I was expecting. What about an orangutan? Orangutans are like human size, right? I think they're bigger. Orang-a-tang I feel like Boots was as, as big as, as Dora. I think a orangutan could have.
1: Thirty-five to forty years week? for an orangutan. Sometimes into their late fifties. It's <laughs>
2: crazy. Do you know turtles' life expectancy is like one hundred and twenty years? Yeah, I did. That's wild. Life expectancy is wild to me.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, our life expectancy as a you know as a uh, species was like forty, however many years ago. So there's that. Now I wonder how long,
2: like uh, you said, Crystal was the monkey's name.
1: Yeah, and is a girl. Don't disrespect her, please. I said the monkey's name. I know, but I, I called it a he it? earlier, so I just want to make sure you don't do the same thing. Gotcha. Okay. What was that their name? Yes.
2: <laughs> now I wonder what their life expectancy is, like a monkey with money. Because you realize like <laughs> life expectancy changes when you have money. Just look at like Magic Johnson. Like he should have died 20 years ago, but he had money, so he was like, AIDS doesn't happen for me. I okay. Uh- <laughs> I'm just wondering, like Obviously, m- monkeys in the wild don't have the advancements of medical science, but like monkeys with monkeys with money, they get all the fucking human medical science that we've advanced.
1: I don't know. Maybe Crystal the monkey will break the record tie. Maybe she'll live to be like hundred.
2: Monkeys great in those films too.
1: It's just crazy. I'm looking right now. Um, last thing I'll say before you could sign the people off is in 1950, the world world average life life expectancy only 72 years ago was 45.7 to 48 years old now it is 72.6 to 73.2 ty at this rate you know if we're talking about 2050 when we're actually getting up there in age like the life expectancy might be like 120 ty we might live to be 150 i'm i'm so confident in my ability
2: to live to triple digits (laughs) barring any unexpected you know like car accident um no i i think that's why I always say because I got, I got like the fucked up eye and everything. My back's a little bad. I'm not even, tr- I'm not even stressed. I'm not even stressed about it. I know by the time it's going to be
1: an issue that they're going to have like robot shit that they can put in me. and I'm going to be feeling great. <laughs> I, I just <laughs> – I'm not going to make that joke. Yeah, Ty, you got a good point. Um, make, make that joke, Jay. I was going to say no you, it would be like a sh- – like I'm not trying to downplay it, but like what if a tragic accident did happen before next time we record and I just have to open the feed with like, hey, Tyler – um, we're ending the pod because Tyler's not here with us anymore. Right after you said that, I mean, that would be—that'd be funny. It'd <laughs> be great comedic timing. No, you're, no, it wouldn't. Don't
2: say that. I, I kind of would though. Me, I'm like, I'm so confident in my ability to live triple digits, and then this is my last episode. <laughs> Just you know, 77 years short of my mark. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> Shout out
1: to you though for saying you would continue the feed if I died. Well, just once I would be like, hey, the pod's ending. Unless you oh, want me to keep okay. going. No,
2: Jay, don't. I don't want you to feel held back. Um, you can find some new if I die early. Okay.
1: Okay, sounds good. I'll do a uh a, a podcast with Sean Payton since he has so much free time now. I
2: I, I hope you don't get the advancements of medical science, you Dick.
1: <laughs> That's all I got for you, Ty. What do we What
2: are we reviewing next week? While we're talking about it. Next week's home team, the Sean Payton movie. (laughs) Such perfect timing. Such perfect timing. Be a good friend, everybody.